0: Tonight's episode of Midnight Cheese is sponsored by Limburger. Limburger Cheese. If it ain't stinky, it ain't Limburger Cheese. All right, and welcome back to the show. Midnight Cheese, ladies and gentlemen, episode, I do believe, 15. So we are back, Um, it has been a little bit of a break for me. Of course, I think we all are dealing with the same shit in the world right now, so I think that it's time that I start putting out some shit, so you guys can actually sit back and relax and have no excuses now not to listen to the greatest podcast to have ever hit the internet airwaves of all time. Midnight Cheese, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is gonna be a fun episode. I don't know what this episode's even gonna be. I just started writing some shit down and I don't know, just not really like anything I really wanted to say, but more about what tonight's episode's gonna be about. Um, tonight, I felt, you know, instead of talking about the world and what's happening in it, I felt that we could just take a break. Um, let me penetrate your ear holes for just a minute and let me sit in your brain. Um, and we're gonna talk about some movies that I like. Um, Not really anything in particular. I don't think a top 10 list is warranted for this topic. I don't think that it's really that important to really stress how much I love these movies. But I did want to talk about some of them because I don't think they'll actually make a top 10 list. Um, You know, talking with friends and people about these movies, I always... Kind of try to want to see if I can stump them if they know what movie I'm talking about or if there's a common connection which I think I talk about a lot here uh, on the on the show you know on my podcast about that connection as soon as you realize that another human another giant human baby adult person um, has the same movie interest same music interest same whatever interest that you've partaken like okay so when I see someone on the street um, wearing anything wrestling like if they have a wrestling t-shirt on if they're you know got a championship belt I know I could walk up with them and just strike up a conversation we have that in common um, same thing goes with um, actually it a pretty funny story so uh, I did have to go shopping um, which is not my favorite thing to do nowadays I just don't like being out you know better safe and than sorry but I had to go to Walmart and so I'm all dressed up in my gear and shit because I don't I work with someone in healthcare, so I don't want to take any unnecessary risks, and I don't care about looking stupid right now. But although I look pretty stupid, but it's all good. It's gonna save me, hopefully. Um, But you know, so I'm I'm walking in Walmart, and I got I'm dressed in Packer gear because I always wear my Packer hoodie and a Packer hat. So I'm sitting there, and and I'm talking uh, with this cashier lady, and uh, a Bears a guy wearing Bears stuff walks up behind me. So I happen to turn around and I see him and I don't know about most people, but if you're wearing the gear of like a sports rival team, like, you know, I hate the Bears, Lions and Vikings. So if I see you wearing gear, I'm just going to talk shit because that's what I do as a Packers fan. Maybe that makes me the dick. But uh, when you beat them every single year, it kind of gives you that, hey, fuck you. But especially the Bears fans or Vikings fans, I don't know that many people who support the Lions, but. Um, And I give him a nod and I kind of point to my gear and he kind of just looks at me and gives me a smile. But, But that's that connection. Like, no matter what, I think we could sit there and watch a game together just because we have a passion for the same thing. Just, I appreciate good football teams and they don't. So... Uh, but tonight's episode uh, of movie discussion, it's just going to be a movie discussion. Just going to talk about some of my favorite, most underrated. That's kind of what I searched for when I was looking up at these movies and I was trying to come up with these random movies that I just either from my childhood or from working a blockbuster or just stumbled across on the on the two o'clock in the morning TV channel surfing. You know, those are sometimes some of the best movies you'll ever watch um so i'm just going to start going over them you know i'm going to hit a lot of them uh just talk about them for a few minutes and see if maybe you guys have seen these movies if not maybe this is your chance to um you know we have a bunch of uh, time of our hands now you know maybe this is a chance for you to broaden that horizon maybe swim out a little bit further from what you're comfortable with and maybe check out some of these movies i'm going to lay down um you know so uh the criteria really is more about sense. I'm not talking like underrated like it didn't do well at the box office, but it's a fan favorite. That's a cult classic. You know, I'm not worried about cult classics. Maybe some of them will mesh and cross over, but this is more about um not seeing a movie because you didn't even know it existed, or you remember watching it but as a kid but you didn't really give it a shot as an adult, or just you watched a movie as a kid and it still holds up today, but more of these movies that... So, okay. It's hard to describe what an underrated movie is, uh, What it, which is what I found out. That's kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, when you type in underrated movies and you go in there, there, there's so many popular movies on there. And it's like, maybe it's just because I like all these underrated movies that they claim are underrated. And I'm doing air quotes around that. But I, I do think that um, underrated means that you gave it no shot when you saw the trailer, the movie poster, whatever. And like as a society, we deemed it as not worth our time. But really underrated just means that the studios and the critics didn't think it was well. Uh, well made or well shot or didn't have enough money or yada 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 yada. Um, or just slipped underneath the radar like it may have been uh, came out at the same time as a big summer blockbuster so I may have just missed it or it was maybe just a indie film slash straight to DVD film who knows but when you search for it it has movies like Shaun of the Dead and like Knocked Up was on one of these things and I'm like how is Knocked Up and Shaun of the Dead an underrated movie Shaun of the Dead did come out of left field, but no one ever said that that movie sucked. I don't think I've met one person in the history of this world. And if you're out there, please email me at uh, themidnightcheese at gmail.com. Uh, if you email me, if you think that Shaun of the Dead sucks, I don't. I disagree with you, but I would love to know that, you, that there's at least one person out there who may oppose my view. Who knows? But, um, but when you look at the list that the online Google search gives you, Um, I was like, that's not underrated. That's popular. That's widely, you know, acclaimed movies. And a lot of these also were foreign films and I'm sorry, I'm not into foreign films. I'm not into art films. I'm not into films that are made to, to, to make you think in a way that's abstract. And I know that's limiting myself, but still I want to be entertained. It's as simple as that. Um, Entertainment is why we watch movies. It's why we watch TV. It's why we listen to music. It's why we do anything on our free time that we even contemplate doing. If it's worth our time outside of doing work or family or obligations, if it's our time, free time, we want to be entertained. Um, and the perfect example of that is I actually, while as I work for Dish, so I get a lot of I get the TV service, and I have to make sure everything works. And uh, on our dish catalog, we just released a lot of new movies, of course, since people are home and watching. Um, we wanted to give them content. And one of the new movies that just came out was Cats. The Broadway musical turned into a movie musical. And I heard this movie was shit. But again, I'm not in the sense of I heard or they said or this person who doesn't have the same movie taste in me didn't like it. So I threw it on and uh, everyone was right within five minutes of that movie being on my screen i wasn't entertained i was wondering what the fuck was happening um it was very much so way overutilized for graphical reasons the face implications or whatever they did for graphics just stood out was terrible like terminator 2 still looked a lot better than that one but you know so i turned it off after five minutes i gave it a shot it had to wow me of course i had high expectations but i say for some movies you got 10 minutes. I'm not trying to be like all snooty or high and mighty that I'm, you know, my word. Some people may like Cats. That's fine. But I did not. But I give movies about if I have a doubt about it, I say 10 minutes, you have to hook me. Some hooks come within the first five. If I'm at least waiting for the hook, if it hasn't dropped, I'll wait for it. But there is a point in time where I do give up on the movie. For Cats, it was five minutes. Jesus Christ. What we could have done with the money that that they made that movie with, especially right now. Fuck. Jesus, so poorly overacted. I hate overacting. I know I watch wrestling. There's a lot of overacting, but they're not in t- initial. Uh, uh, they're not trying to be that way. You know, they're trying to actually act their asses off and do physical stunts. There was no excuse for this. Like, no emotion. N- you just tell that everything was green screened. I mean, uh, I can see maybe if the how the play could have been cool, but. Anyway, I digress. But that's what I'm talking about with these movies that I'm going to be going over. A lot of them I had to weed through, and I kind of think that maybe you know take off the most well-known of these underrated movies and kind of get to the back room, the the back area of the places where maybe not too many people have seen. So, um, first movie, oh, where to go? Uh, I had to pull up my list here. First movie that I think um, a lot of people are going to give me shit for. Uh, but it's kind of one of the things that made me want to do this list um, is The Island uh, with Ewan McGregor, Scarlett Johansson, um, Ned Stark, um, and the, the – the I forget his name, but he's in like everything that's like the same character. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy as like the guy who was hunting Quill. But um, uh, The Island, a lot of people don't give the time of day because they see Michael Bay's name slapped on the director. I don't know – I understand that most people, when they're watching an action movie, especially an outrageous science fiction action movie, that heart and depth are really something that is necessary to drive the film. Are you, are you fucking stupid? Okay, if your niche, if your niche, Mr. M Night Shyamalan, Ding Dong, is with twists and and different ways of telling a story and different perspectives of the same story, um, Michael Bay's niche niche um, is explosions, badass explosions, and more explosions. So if you're good at that, like how I'm good at talking, why wouldn't you put everything into doing that, and then surround those explosions with a story that's entertaining, The Island blew me the fuck away because i had no idea what the fuck this movie was i didn't know it was directed by michael bay wouldn't have cared i still have seen every one of his movies loved them all except for the last transformers but i digress um but the island is about especially because the island made you think it was one thing and i love those movies you're presented with this is the way this world works and go And that's what you're given. You're given, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor wakes up from a dream. Um, he's been dreaming about boats and and different places that he's never been. And you're kind of getting these bits and pieces of information about the world that they're in the society that is uh, out uh, ostracized outside of this contaminated world. And they, they have this special place called the Island that can only house certain people. So you, you get plucked out of this, this very mechanical, very future high tech, like definitely is not like a uh, like outworld or anything like that. It's definitely got, you know, advantages and disadvantages, but um, you realize throughout the story that as they keep on peeling back the layer of the world that they're in, they find out that they're in a government facility run by a team of people who clone actual people in our world, like the rich, the wealthy, the the athletes, the politicians, the the people who can fucking afford it. So if you like break a leg or you you need a new liver or you can't have a baby, they can actually build these clones of yourself. So all the DNA, the baby is yours, the liver is the identical match to what you need. Um, it's basically like a harvest, right? Um, and of course, the patients, the people who pay for this think that their clone is, non-existent it's just a bag of a sack of meat and they do everything without the actual physical form because they did testing and found out that people wouldn't want their clone just slaughtered and murdered and, and scrapped for parts um because they're actual people so throughout this whole process ewan mcgregor is pulling back um actually falls in love of course with scarlett johansson's character, who gets chosen to go to the island so even finds out that they the island's not real and like this world that they're in so him and scarlet they break out of this facility which is I mean, they only have the education of a five-year-old. I mean, they're reading like How Now Brown Cow type of shit, and they're only doing basic fundamental things and learning how to, how to socially interact with people because that's just the world they live in. So, But they escape. They get out into our world. They track down their hosts. They try to expose everything. And in the process, Ned Stark's team's trying to hunt them down. So that's where the explosions come in. But it's the story. I don't care about the explosions. Actions just adds. It's like the sprinkles on a Sunday just adds to it. Can't ever take away. But when you have a story that's twist and turns and unexpected things do happen and fucked up shit happens and, and Steve Buscemi's in there for some fucking reason. But um, when I was watching it, maybe I was just in the right mood. You know, that, that Sunday gray morning when you wake up and you're not really tired, but you're not really sleepy. So you just watch a movie because it's on. That's what happened. And now every time I want to get into a good mood or it's on, I throw on the island. So that's why I feel it's underrated. I feel that most people don't give it a shot. Please do yourself uh, um, a favor and definitely watch that movie. Because Ewan McGregor is actually really good. And I'll watch anything with Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow. Um, just crush. Love. I, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, Scarlett Johansson. Shit. Um all right, so let's go over a couple different movies here and now. Um, of course, I, mean, I made a list, and so I'm just going to start talking about some movies. And if uh, a movie sticks out to me that I think it needs more explanation, like, okay, like this one. No, I got two movies that are from the 90s that have just stuck out with me, okay? One of them is actually a... <laughs> It's one of the things that, again, when you connect with someone and you connect on such a weird level that you actually become really good friends. I have a good friend, Tyler, who I am trying to get on this show. Tyler, if you listen to this episode, uh, which you should be listening to my episodes, um, we have to get our show on and talk about wrestling and and, uh, shitty call center work. But um, when we first met my friend Tyler, um, I just happened to have watched this movie. And so like the song was in my head and I kept on singing, Todd, 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 his name's Todd Spango. And he heard that and he turns around and goes, mom and dad saved the world. I'm like, yes, yes, no one knows that fucking movie. Um, it's got the, uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller. He plays the dad. I don't know who the mom is. I know Nick from Slow Your Shorts is the kid that they leave on Earth. But they're on a family vacation. And they just happen to get sucked up into this weird planet. Because Todd Spango, the ruler of this tiny, tiny little planet, sees Marge, the wife. And falls desperately in love and uses his technology to bring him there. It is such a stupid movie. But so perfectly perfectly 90s that it sticks out but when you say that movie you don't really know the cast members because I don't know the guy's name um, he's just always been the perfect asshole in every role he's ever played uh, <laughs> um, and, and a lot of people have that role there's a lot of people in that role but when you play him you're like oh it's that guy okay but um, please check out that movie if you haven't if you have and you haven't seen it in a while do it it's, it's still it's so it's not like You know, um, lethal weapon satire. It's not like making fun of itself, but it's definitely not taking itself seriously. So, um, but the other movie that comes out in there that always kind of gets kind of mixed around and forgotten about is Christina Applegate's Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I think we all can say that if you have seen this movie, there is it's quotable, it's watchable, rewatchable, favorite parts, favorite characters. But again, not too many people have seen this. And so at least in my circles... Um, you know, and the people who I kind of consider who, where I get all this stuff from, but if you haven't seen that movie, it's about a, uh, like an 18 year old, like summer vacation needs to start finding a job, go to school, doesn't know what the hell she wants to do. I think it's actually the summer before her senior year. So she's 17. So, um, she, she gets landlocked cause all of her friends are going to Paris for a summer vacation. She can't go and her mom is leaving for a vacation. So they get stuck with a babysitter day one of the babysitter she has a heart attack and dies so of course instead of calling the police and doing the right thing and saying what's happened they they see a free summer in front of them so they drop her off at the morgue in a box and then it becomes free range now there's the older sister the younger brother and there's like six other kids like four maybe i don't know it's actually been a while since i've seen it but again i see parts like there's a scene where the, 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 the younger brother of Christina Abigail, who's like just two years younger, he's like 15, 16, um, is just a raging stoner. And it's like at the time watching, I had no idea. Of course, I get all the jokes that are in that movie now because I've grown up and I've rewatched it. But at the time as a kid, I had no idea what the green leaf meant and what they were giggling about and what they were smoking. I thought it was cigarettes because it was just a white stick that they were smoking. I didn't know no better. I was stupid and naive. I was 15. Oh, no, <laughs> they were 15. I was like, I think that came out in '92. I was like seven or eight. So I shouldn't be in the drugs. That's a good thing. Um, but there's these, uh, his name's Kenny, and he, uh, um, in fact, they actually, <laughs> um, in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie, they use him as like a cameo for some fucking reason, and it's because uh, there's a probably the most quotable line. Um, you actually can find GIFs on this during text messages, but and I always say this. Um, every time my wife asks me to do the dishes, Uh, not a problem, I'll go do the dishes, like I have to do dishes later on the night, maybe tomorrow, Um, and I'm sure as hell I'm going to do it, as soon as the dishes are done, I walk over into her in the bedroom, and I say, the dishes are done, man, because that's the best line, because he got asked to do the dishes in the movie, big sis, going to work, she gets a job, uh, but she's going to work, stoner Kenny is laying on the couch, and all she asks, the only thing I want you to do today, Kenny, is I just need you to do the dishes, and then so they go up onto the onto the roof and they play fucking target practice with the dishes. So it's like, pull! The dishes are done, man. <laughs> Don't know the actor's name. He was huge in the 80s. But um, there's so many different scenes, though. Like there's the scene with the ho- uh, hippity hops, um, you know, where they're in Target and it's like an empty Target and they just get on the hippity hops. Like if you haven't seen it, it's great. Um, I think it's, again, it's pure 90s. Like, it takes you back to when either you were a kid or you just missed the 90s. Uh, uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is by far a, a staple of the 90s. Um, all right, so let's move on here. We're about 20 minutes into the show. I'm only going to do a couple more here because um, it looks like I did talk for a little bit of time there. But um, there's a fun movie with Pat, uh, Patton Oswalt. Uh, called Big Fan it's actually a funny movie I thought it was going to be but he plays a New York Giants uh, like a fanatic New York Giants fan and um, there's a a, a defensive player named Quantrell Bishop which is an awesome name I I stole it he's in like all my Madden games Um, but Bishop is this high profile defensive linebacker like think like Lawrence Taylor and um, Patton Oswald and his buddy are just out and about at a bar and they happen to see him. And so they kind of start stalking him from bar to bar to bar to bar, working up the courage to talk to him. So they finally do. They walk over. They buy him a couple of drinks. Everything seems to be going well, uh, but they get a little bit too drunk. And, you know, I think we've all been there when you've, you're trying to talk to someone that you're not too familiar with and you're both really, really drunk. And you say something and they hear something else and they hear you maybe insult them or say something that was, you know, fuck you or whatever. And then they just can't. They just see red. That's what happens. Patton Oswald makes some remark about how he played and they beat the ever loving shit out of Patton Oswald. He's in the hospital and um, all of his family members, all of his friends, they want him to press charges. I mean, this is a big thing. Like everyone they ever let the press finds out about it. But he's such a devoted, devoted Giants fan that it doesn't, because they're in the playoff run. Like, and um, they have Michael Rapaport call in as like the Eagles guy. Like, there's like he battles this guy on the radio, at, like two o'clock sports radio. But check it out; it's actually a really hard movie to find. But definitely check that out. Um, Pop star with Andy Sandberg. Um, I think it gets overlooked because it's Andy Samberg, but it's basically the story of like Lonely Island, if it was like an exaggerated uh, telling of their story. Um, Hot Rod, of course, with him as well. Um, let's see here, uh, Clerks Two. Um, I highly, highly recommend, I mean, I love Clerks. I was a clerk. I've lived the Clerks life and it was spot on. If you ever worked at a convenience store, that movie is spot fucking on and is like the religious Bible for what people have to do. I worked at 7-Eleven. It's the exact same. I knew every type of person that was there. But Clerks 2 went from an indie film that was just shot in black and white and actually turned it into what I think Kevin uh, Smith wanted Clerks to be, which was this just, you know, storytelling and the small little background stories but it's really about you know two guys and their their weird relationship but um i think everyone remembers the lord of the rings scene in clerks 2 where he talks about you know what the rings are compared to star wars which i agree with but i still give respect to the rings still love it um but yeah i definitely did like clerks 2 uh let's see here um mom and dad Save the world got that one um Oh man, there's so many. I may have to talk for a little bit longer, guys. I'm trying to make this under an hour and we're already halfway there. Oh, here we go. Um, Mel Gibson, you crazy asshole. Um, is, if anyone likes... I'm not a big subtitles fan, so I don't like a lot of movies that are in foreign languages that I have to read um, subtitles. But However, Apocalypto by Mel Gibson. Holy shit. Jaguar paw fuck, this movie is so intense that you forget because they do have long periods of time with no talking, a lot of visual representation happening. But my attention was just caught from the very first scene. And that's why I say, if you got a good hook, no matter what type of movie you have, I'll watch it. So Apocalypto, though, Mayan, Culture about like the beginning of the Mayan culture, how they sacrifice people. But um, a a jaguar paw is part of this other tribe who gets caught by the Mayans and they get led back to the Mayan, um, you know, temple thing. And he escapes and it's his run away to get back to his wife and kid. That whole I, I would have to explain so much about this, but if you want to get blown away. By just pure direction and story. And that's why I give Mel Gibson credit. That motherfucker knows story structure. Uh, say what you will, but Mel Gibson knows story structure. Damn it. Um, you know, he truly does. Uh, give it a watch. Um, I know it's a weird transition, but they're right next to each other on my list here. But uh, not another team movie. I think it's lumped in with the scary movies and the date movies and the and the really shitty parody movies. Not Another Team movie is so ridiculous. Re- ridiculously smart. You don't know jokes. Sure, there's fart and dick and poop jokes in there for the 15-year-old kids, but there is so much satire, so much brilliance. Uh, The musical number that they do, I think everyone can remember. You know, I'm getting laid no matter what. You know, me and my friends used to watch that movie all the fucking time. That came out right when I was in high school. All those movies did. She's All That, 10 Things I Hate About You. That's my generation. That's my high school movies. And let me tell you, $9 Teen Movie does get overlooked. I don't put it into any of the fucking bad ones. It goes in the same box as Scary Movie, Scary Movie 2, Lethal Weapons. And, um, you know, just the, the really good comedy, satire, um, airplane, airplane, the sequel, Caddyshack, you know, that type of shit. Um, so a couple different ones. I have a couple. Um, So I have a couple of uh, Disney movies that I think get overlooked. Um, these are live action Disney movies, and I don't think any really cartoon. Sure, Atlantis maybe gets overlooked and overrated, but that movie sucks. I don't like it. Emperor's New Groove too many people like that one to be over underrated. So I think it's actually overrated, but that's just me. But um, so the first one I think is heavyweights. I think a lot of people forget heavyweights because it's uh, the forgotten almost Ben Stiller movie. Like people remember the kids from that movie, but they forget that Ben Stiller and Jerry Stiller in that movie. Um, Please rewatch it. I did. I was laughing hysterically. Um, I feel bad for um, Goldberg, the goalie from Mighty Ducks, who's in this movie. That guy turned out, fucking weird but uh heavyweights uh what rewatch it i think everyone can re-enjoy that when ben stiller is fucking priceless and i think it's like you could almost say that that was the prequel to global gym like this it's like the same like mindset and character that the, what happened in the, in the heavyweights camp turned him into uh, <laughs> oh god what the fuck something white <sighs> brain fart here um but yeah the global gym from dodgeball so uh the other disney movies that i want to talk about here which one uh man in the house um jtt i think the hottest like kid actor in the 90s jtt jonathan taylor thomas and comedic god chevy chase um god that guy has a direct line in my funny bone um but uh divorce mom Fair fawcett ends up dating a bunch of douchebags that JTT, like, kicks out and, like, makes it so it doesn't work because he likes just him and his mom. But Chevy Chase enters the picture. Good guy. Stand up. Just wants to, you know, I'm I'm going to be a good stepdad. And um, and the adventurous who's watch it. I think it's underrated because I think a lot of people just see it as a kid's movie. Um, I don't care if it's a kid's movie. Well, maybe it's because I do actually... Today's kids' movies suck, but 90s kids' movies, they had smoking and drinking and fucked-up situations. Not in this movie, but in other ones. Like in the next one I'm going to talk about, Camp Nowhere. Christopher Lloyd and no one else I remember. No one knows much. I mean, I think one of the guys ends up being in 10 Things I Hate About You is the douchebag, but no one really big was in this movie except for Christopher Lloyd. But a bunch of kids get up the nerve get up all all their, save up all their money and convince their, and like trick their parents and let them go to this camp. You know, one parent thinks they're sending them computer camp. Another kid thinks, you know, parents think that they're sending them to military camp. So all these kids pretend that they're, they're all going to this, these different camps, but they end up buying and renting out a camp all by themselves. So again, I think a lot of people maybe watched it when they were a kid and haven't come back to it. Very underrated, very good story. Again, Disney knew it was up in the 90s. You had Angels in the Outfield, the the kid actors. It wasn't trying to play down to us. It was saying that we're actually smarter than the adults. I think that most 90s Disney movies told me as the kid don't listen to adults they're dumbasses who can't see angels or want you to learn computers or or you know the boring stuff and all you want to do is just chillax and read comic books maybe smoke a little herb no 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 (laughs) no no. not until you're 21 no so um, but those are like the old school like disney movies that i think most people do forget about now again i know i'm leaving out a lot I'm not even touching on, but let's run through some of these. Uh, let's run, uh, Cabin Boy, uh, Chris Elliott, Chris Elliott. What the fuck is that movie? I have no idea what the fuck that movie is about. Uh, however, I've seen it like hundreds of times. Um, best in Show. I don't think needs to be on this underrated list. However, I want to make sure people know Best in Show is probably one of the best movies of all time. Um, Charlie Bartlett, um, uh, Frailty. Oh shit. Frailty. Matthew McConaughey, before he became actual Matthew McConaughey. Um, 1408. John Cusack. Brilliant movie. I showed this movie to my wife. Um, She's not really into scary movies, but I was like, this is more of like a psychological thriller. You know, we just got done watching Shutter Island and a bunch of these other movies like Inception and shit, and I was like, psychological thrillers. 1408 blew me the fuck away. Now, you have to watch 1408, though, with the alternate deleted ending so you have to like get the dvd or find it on youtube but watch the movie and watch the deleted ending way better than the original um which oh another movie that again most people didn't even know existed because this was at the time when kevin bacon was doing direct to like small movies not really big blockbuster ones but death sentence jesus christ if you have not what a violent my buddy showed me this I'll watch anything Kevin Bacon's in. So he goes, watch Death Sentence. So I did. And like halfway through the movie, um, all right, spoilers on this one, because I think this one, it may not be actually very well known. But uh, 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 Death Sentence is about a guy who has an all-star hockey son, and they're coming back from a tournament. Uh, tournament and of course, the, the urban legend, if you see someone driving, you flash your lights, they turn around, they kill you. That actually happens. So they, uh Kevin Bacon flashes his lights, they follow him to a gas station and they end up robbing the gas station and killing the kid inside like cold blooded, like right in front of the dad slit the throat like type of shit. And so he goes on this fucking revenge tour and it gets so blo- bloody, so violent towards the end of this that you forgot where the movie started. But it's not about the gore. It's not. I mean, that adds to I always feel realism adds to it. But, um, I really did like the story cause it, he was our hero and he was running around. Um, uh, he was running around murdering. And yeah, sure. It's like bad guys, but he's like doing it in such a bad way. Like murder, like not just shoot a guy, run away and feel bad, but like I want this guy to feel pain. So he learns all these new skills and goes to this dark place. But, um, it's kind of like the next three days where our hero is the bad guy. Next three days, Russell Crowe, um, and Elizabeth Bank, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bank gets wrongfully accused about murder, but gets found guilty because there's all this evidence that points her way, but she actually didn't do it. So they end up finding out this evidence, but it's too late. The appeal is like lost or whatever. So she's just stuck in jail. So in over a course of three days, Russell Crowe developed, devises a plan to fucking break her out of prison. And. I was watching this with my buddy Mike and my buddy Brian, and there's, like, two scenes in there. Like, There's, like, so much intense scenes, like when someone's going to get caught or someone does something and, like, you know, he almost gets caught or they're, you know, and it feels so real that you've been there. Like, he tries to learn, like, to pick a lock, and he learns what, like, a bump key is. So he thinks that, like, a bump key could work in a fucking prison cell. And so he takes one and he tries to practice it, but it gets jammed. And so he has to break it off and he gets kind of cop but kind of not it's intense give that one a watch as well russell crow next three days um a couple funny ones um get over it with cisco uh kirsten dunst mila kunis colin hanks and oh my god i'm drawing the blank on his name he played angel in the shitty x-men movie ben foster that's name. ben foster this is when ben foster was actually funny as a kid versus his weird tormented fucking serious roles like an alpha dog which is underrated uh watch alpha dog with ben foster and um emile hirsch uh but get over it teenage movie i think a lot of people forgot about it but this one uh, has martin short in it oh god speaking of martin short this is going to be a side tangent and this is why i love doing this Clifford. Holy shit, Clifford. Um, this was like a 1992, early 90s movie. Clifford. All that he is, is he's like a grown adult, but he plays this like eight-year-old kid. He's like retelling the story to, to uh, Fred uh, Ben Savage in like this monastery. And he's like, he tells a story about when he was a kid, all he wanted to go do was, uh, all he wanted to do, go see, was Dinosaur Land. And so, but he is like the most awkward, weird, um, gets into everyone. Like he just, he's that kid that just ruins everything. You always want to punch him, but he's like an eight year old, but Martin Short plays him so perfectly. Um, I actually just talked to my buddy about this, Brian, and we just started cracking up because there's so many good scenes in that movie. Um, grandma's boy, I think it's overlooked. I think as a uh, stupid movie now, grandma's boy, uh, let me adjust this real quick. Uh, Grandma's boy because i gotta tell a story here i'm rolling up sleeves grandma's boy holds such a special place in my heart only for the moment that we watch the movie in the theater now of course i love grandma's boy it's quotable you know um the first movie uh the first word of the movie is fuck you know when he's playing the xbox and uh but a lot of people don't give that credit they look at it just oh it's a stupid stoner movie like i understand that like happy madison has like stoner movies but this was just like too stupid like, i couldn't i couldn't get into it you know of course it's a movie about video game testers like that's the plot of the movie like done by happy madison but anyway i digress so me and my three buddies my two buddies brian and mike uh not to throw their names under here we'll call them actually um stan and and kyle um that would make me Cartman. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, we knew what this movie was going to be. We knew the plot, the story. Nick Swardson, um, Jonah Hill, everyone was in this fucking movie. Uh, fat Jonah Hill, too. Like beginning Jonah Hill. Um, but, so we knew it was going in. So we got kind of torched the, the, before the movie. Okay. But when we walked in, we were, we were late to the movie. So we came in like mid preview and we're like, oh shit, man, should, should, do, do you think we should get like, you know, uh, uh, do you think we should get seats or, you know, we were just gone. We were three shits of the fucking wind at this time. So we walk in and it's completely empty, completely. So we walked up to the very top and we were like, sweet, whole movie theater to herself. This is awesome. So we're kind of in the middle, very top row uh, in the theater, uh, munching on popcorn. And then these four people walk in, two couples. Looks like they're on a date. They chose this movie. And they come and they kind of sit a couple rows in front of us right in the middle. So watching the movie, they were awesome. From as probably I don't remember really. So we're, we're watching the movie. It becomes the end. You know, we're all laughing, we're all laughing, we're all laughing, except for the the people in front of us. They didn't seem to be laughing as much as us three in the back. So, like, I can just see it. In my head, you know, when you put your, your, your thumbs together and you're kind of like doing the director thing where you're like watching the movie, you know, trying to get into it. I could see the movie, it ending, the camera pans up to the, to the two couples, right? And they're kind of disgusted with this movie. Like, and they both get up and they, the girls look to their guys and they go, this movie was just terrible. I mean, you had to have just been so high to enjoy this movie and then i can just see the camera panning up to us three who are uncontrollably crying laughing like gut busting like side rolling like just absolutely and just the line came out which i think my buddy actually did say was it definitely was awesome And so I just I just don't I don't hear Grandma's Boy, even when you get talked about best stoner movies. I think Grandma's Boy gets overlooked because of the kind of mainstreamness that it took versus the cult classic that Half-Baked took. And um, Pineapple Express was on the exact same line, but people consider Pineapple Express to be like the best stoner movie of all time, which I honestly do. Hence why it's not on the underrated list. Um, Let's see here. Death to Smoochie, uh, Robin Williams fucking miss you um and ed norton and if you haven't seen dust the smoochie fuck you but i think it's underrated um in time justin timberlake fantastic movie Uh, i think it's overlooked because it's timberlake and the big eye girl i don't know her name amber something maybe amanda amanda something i don't know her actually last name but uh, she's huge eyes um radio flyer um, is a weird movie. I still think you need to watch it. It's with Tom Hanks. He's like the, the storyteller and the narrator of the movie. But uh, Elijah Wood and the little boy from uh, Jurassic Park, Timmy from Jurassic Park, it's basically the story of their repressed aggression towards their abusive stepfather or real father. Um, great movie, though. Um, uh, there's Clifford, Suburban Commando, underrated Hulk Hogan movie. I think everyone looks at the Hulk Hogan movie and like, you know, whatever, more of a TV show. But I I mean, um, the Nanny, Mr. Nanny. No, wait, no, that was the other one. No, Mr. Mom was the one with, um, yeah, okay, Mr. Nanny, yeah. So I still think the Suburban Commando, Christopher Lloyd, again, brilliant, saves every movie. Um, Blank Man, um, I think gets overlooked for a superhero movie. Another superhero movie that gets overlooked is uh, Meteor Man, there it is. Meteor Man, um, I don't know why I enjoyed that, but I always used to come on at like 2 o'clock in the morning in the WB, like right when I was going to bed. Um, it actually gave me the inspiration for one of my main characters in any story or any game I create, Omega Genesis, which is like a six four black guy with blonde hair and blonde goatee, um, Goldilocks style, which I love. Um, oh, perfect, one of the movies I want to talk about. Um, so this movie, John Ritter's in it. I don't really know the wife's name in this because I'm not one of those people. Like, unless I already know you, I'm not going to really learn you because I don't see you in anything else. But she was kind of big in the 80s, early 90s. Um, Maybe some people will consider her big, but I don't know. I digress. Um, So, but the movie I'm talking about is Stay Tuned. Um, I use it. It's like where I get my ending shits, where I pull everything is like those words in the movies that makes me think about stuff. Um, Stay Tuned um, was a movie about a couch potato who gets sucked into his TV and lives in TV world until he dies. And then the devil gets your soul. It's a great contract, you know? So, um, watch this movie though. It's great. It's kind of my, my fantasies. So uh, this, like, um, the douchebag. Yes. Oh, full circle. Mom and dad saved the world. Remember how I said this guy plays a douchebag in every movie and every role he's in, except for this. Here you go. Stay tuned. He plays the devil the salesperson going around collecting souls in exchange for you get a satellite dish and it sucks you into it. And you have to survive now from channel to channel. And the longer you survive, the bigger chance you have to get out. So um, he gets like sucked into like cartoon world, wrestle wrestling world. Like, so when you get, when they change the channel, which I love that, um, you get thrown into that new world. So like if you get thrown in a cartoon world, um, you can do all the stuff that cartoons do, like cartoon physics and stuff like that. So it's a very fun movie. It's not rated R. I think it's only PG, but definitely give it a watch. Um, I love that movie. I pulled so much from that. It's quotable. Um, you know, but definitely, um, you know, when you're thinking about underrated, you have to think about movies that you either saw or you've heard about hearing like um, uh, Detroit Rock City. I know a lot of people see it, like saw on the shelves, see around, but they don't actually give it a watch. Watch Detroit Rock City. Shockingly, that movie had story structure, three part act, and it was very well acted, very well directed. Just happened to be about three stoners who are lo- four stoners who love Kiss, want to go see Kiss. They think they won radio tickets in Chicago for a Kiss concert. They get there. They forgot to put their name down or who to give them the tickets to. So they have to find different ways, which is pretty awesome the way they do it. Won't spoil anything, but um, give that movie a watch. Um, Okay, so remember how I said, like, flipping around 2 o'clock in the morning, like that whole concept of finding a movie to watch? Um, My dad did that. Now, my dad and I really have completely different movie tastes until we don't. Then we have the exact same movie tastes. So uh, there was this IFC movie that he caught, and he explained the premise to me. So like, I'm, I'm going to do the same way that my dad did it for me to you guys, okay? Um, all right, so I saw this movie. It's about a killer tire, and the tire um, kills you. That's the movie. That's how you pitch it to me. It's called Rubber. Now, this is underrated, under radar, overlooked because of that premise. So what are you saying? It's a movie about a tire, like a car tire, like a tire that you would put on a car, like a spare tire. Yes. And it's spiritually and magically alive. Yes. And it chases you down this deserted road and kills the people who it chases. Yes. I'm not going to watch that movie. But I did. And I fucking loved it. (laughs) (laughs) thanks dad and again he always takes credit for this my dad he listens to my show religiously so I know he's going to hear this thanks dad for that movie but you've also given me some bad ones Um, but my dad is usually the source of where I got a lot of my weird shit Uh, a lot of my music taste comes from my dad and a lot of my musical level musicals comes from my dad he was very big into that and uh, one of the movies that he actually also showed me which I can't find this this is not ever aired on TV I don't know how the fuck he found this movie uh, but in the '90s, there was this British movie that came out that's called *The Commitments*. Now, if you're really into music and soul and and soul music and just brilliant performances, you have to watch *The Commitments*. Um, musicians know about this movie because of the music that's playing. It is it's a it's about a a bunch of Dublin people, people who live in Dublin and around Dublin. And um, at the time, I think it was this that takes place in like that transitional from the Iggy Pops and the, and the punk rocks and the, the, the Ramones and all that shit um, and there was no new music so they decided to bring back all this older music but instead of bringing back like old punk they brought back soul black soul like James Brown and, 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 and shit like that so they're singing like Mustang Sally by Otis and, 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 they're, and they're doing a bunch of these other like classical hits that a big band of white guys probably shouldn't be doing but they fucking kill it And the story is just about the three shows that they play within a span of a week, and then their band breaks up. That's it. But it's about this rise and fall of the band called The Commitments. And uh, my dad is obsessed with this, has been since I was a kid. I've been listening to this music since I was a kid. I still listen to it today. Like, for some reason, it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. But it's also because the movie is really fucking good, and the music just complements it. So definitely, Dad, thanks for... uh, Thanks for that one. Um, I got little monsters on this list. Uh, Okay, so this is... uh, I'm going to start wrapping this up here. Uh, I'm going to go over just a couple more. Um, But there's a movie. It's called Big Girls Don't Cry They Get Even. Now, technically... Technically, I have never seen this movie. However, I've seen this movie many times. So back in the day, if you owned a specific copy of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze VHS cassette tape. And if we all remember our VHS, you know, how we used to do it, because today's kids, all you do is you type in the fucking movie you want. I want to watch this movie. Click, watch, play, maybe a commercial. Maybe. Not if, it's, not if you pay for it. If it's free, sure, you'll probably get a commercial. But what we had to do is we had to sit through commercials, trailers, before we watched the movies. That's weird that a trailer comes before the movie when they used to trail the movie, hence the name trailers. Um, But um, there was two trailers that were in front of this movie, in front of Secret of the Ooze. One of them was Suburban Commando, and it ran the entire movie. Like, these were like five minute long trailers, which gave you every plot point, everything that happened, and in order, too. This was like the time where they just were like, fuck it, we're going to show you the whole movie in in like five minutes. Um, And then the second movie, which was called Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even. And again, never actually watched this movie. However, it's underrated because I still have yet to watch this movie. However, it looks like it was pretty popular back in the 90s. But I just remember, and I know this story, it's about this teenager who uh, is narrating the story of her life about her parents uh, parents split. Parents split. So now she has two separate families. One side of the family is her dad remarries and marries this, like, blonde rich girl and the mom marries this military guy so they have like now four families basically because they're all from previous marriages and they all have different kids with different people there's like 17 kids and she's like this middle kid that just gets forgot so it's like her story um but i know the story i know what happens i know all the funny spots i know all that just because i've seen this movie and for some reason i didn't put together that i could fast forward through this so I, I just watched it over and over and over i mean the song that's playing in there as well if i hear it if i i could probably watch that trailer and fucking quote it but um i don't even know why i was on there that was like three minutes of garbage i'm sorry but watch it and maybe someone else out there who's had that turtles vhs tape knows what the fuck i'm talking about that one person living in their mom's basement listening to my podcast i appreciate you fan stay strong more episodes are coming. Um, a couple different movies as we wrap this up. Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. I think it's way overlooked. A lot of people look at that as Rock'em Sock'em Robots. But that, movie's, that movie, every single time, almost gets me to cry because of the ending. Because I forget every single time what happens. I get emotional during sports movies. I like to envision myself winning and what I would react with. I'm a terrible, terrible person. But a uh, um, couple sports movies that I think are overlooked all right so first one airborne and line skating is a sport god damn it even though i can't do it but airborne was shown to me in middle school westview westview wildcats silver team Woo! anyone listening to my podcast will know what that means are right, we have blue team silver team blue team was the rich kids silver team was the poor kids everyone knew it i was middle class i was part of like i was like eh, kind of rich but kind of not plus all my friends were on silver so go silver stars yeah so but uh, <laughs> airborne um uh seth green um Like young Seth Green. But it's about this California kid who surfs and does all these active sports, I guess, to move to Ohio uh, for the summer. Or for like the last part of like winter or something. So he's definitely out of his element. But apparently everyone there in line skates. And that's what he does. You have this giant hill and this giant race between rival schools. I don't know. It's fucking badass though. Really cool. Really cool uh, movie. Underrated. Uh, the next movie, which I think it's uh, uh, there's actually I forgot there's three in this, um, two of which are, are um, uh, soccer movies. I'm not a big soccer fan, uh, but soccer is uh, pretty good. That was my Barack. Uh, soccer needs to be better and more efficient. Pitch- it's terrible, terrible Barack Obama. I got like the, the pace down. I just got to get the boys down. Uh, so the first one is Ladybugs. Uh, Roddy right Dangerfield hey, no respect you know he um, <laughs> wants to impress his boss so he lies about how he used to play soccer so he gets hired as the girls soccer coach so he gets the brilliant idea to fucking take Sebastian from NeverEnd of Story 2 and dress him up as a girl because duh that's what you do you take a boy you know dress him up as a girl so that way you'll have a successful girls soccer team can't just have the girls be good girls are terrible at sports we have to dress up a boy to make them No, and of course i don't believe that but um it's what they did it was the fucking 80s and 90s they didn't give a shit you know but the girls rose up and they didn't need him and they won the championship without him and they're all they're all friends and he starts dating one of them which is a weird way to start a relationship but um very funny and i think that's also what me and my buddy who talked uh, tyler talked about as we both knew about that movie as well um, but this next soccer movie, um, should have lumped this in with the Disney ones, but the big green, I don't think people know about this. It's got Steve Gutenberg in it. Um, it's got ham, the hammer, uh, Porter, um, from fucking Sandlot. It's like his next big role after Sandlot. And it's about this really small town, which only has like one sheriff and like one school and like everyone knows each other and the kids all fail, and, and they get a new teacher, and the teacher doesn't know what to do with them. She's all English, so she's all like, hey, let's play football. And they're all like, we don't want to play football. Football sucks. And so she goes grabs a soccer ball. No, football, like soccer. And they're like, ah, oh, it sucks. And then they teach them soccer, and they develop confidence, and they get good. And, um, yeah, I think it just gets forgotten. And every, But it's one of those movies that, again, I start watching, watch the whole thing. And I go, shit, where'd the hour and a half go? Oh, well, great movie. Um, but the last one, okay, and I saved this one for last because I think I did go over most of these movies. Yeah, I did go over a lot of these. Okay, so um, before I get to this last sports movie, I did want to go over um, a couple different TV shows. You need to watch Brockmire <laughs> with um, Hank Azaria. Fuck that movie, or that TV show was great. You need to watch The Following with Kevin Bacon. You need to watch Misfits. Uh, Misfits was a British TV show. It's no longer on air. It came out in like 2005. If you are a superhero, sh- uh, superhero fan, if you like twisted, fucked up shit, if you like great stories, and if you liked fucking Ramsay from Game of Thrones, watch this TV show, Misfits. Come talk to me. I'll show it to you. Oh, excuse me. All right, so now the last movie I do want to talk about, last one of the best sports movies of all time, but gets like lost because of the time frame it was in. I think it came out late 80s, early 90s, I think 92. This is like a lot of people say, you know, like The Replacements or Any Given Sunday, like when football movies actually decided to take care about their characters, um, the program, which basically took all the stories you heard from college in the 90s from Miami and Florida and and like all the big you know sex scandals drug scandals um, all the things that happened in the 90s that like they kind of like washed over um, they exploited this one steroids cheating oh my god this movie is so freaking ridiculous um, so I happen to have quoted it like a, a line um, from one of the movies I forget what line but my buddy Tyler overheard it and again this is what happens me and Tyler Um, which you're going to meet him here hopefully soon, have become such good friends for no fucking reason, by accident and almost. Accident. Just because we just, I happen to say stuff, he happened to have saw it, and then we just started talking about it. We realized we have like everything in fucking common. So again, don't be afraid to talk about movies in the public. If you you are wearing a a movie t-shirt, music t-shirt, anything wrestling and you're wearing it, that gives me full right to come up and talk to you about it. Um, But this has been fun. Just talking about movies that I like. Maybe some movies you guys haven't seen. Maybe some movies that I haven't seen. Please, give them to me. Uh, I want to do more watch-alongs, so send me your movies, guys. Let's talk about this stuff. Join the conversation. Join the conversation with me. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been fun. I talked for an hour. I don't know how people can do like I don't know how Joe Rogan can do this for a fucking three hours. Maybe because he has that give-and-go. He has that person to give off of you know so uh but i am going to try to set up some skype interviews with a couple of my buddies so you guys can introduce to who i talk about and the stories that i tell so but this has been tom uh with midnight cheese guys i thank you guys so much for showing up this has been a blast uh most underrated movies of all time check me out again i'll be back next week maybe tomorrow who knows when i'll be back but i'll be back ladies and gentlemen stay tuned stay classy midnight cheese